The Rossafari old-timey non-denominational holiday special was filmed in front of a live studio audience. Dude, what are you talking about? No, it wasn't. None of us were even in the same room. Dude, I'm just trying to make this sound more professional and not like it was made by some nerd sitting alone with his only real friend, his computer. Oh, I'm gonna get you for that one. Wait, crap, we're live. Just, 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 just cue the theme song. Go, go. The Rossafari old-timey non-denominational holiday special featuring Danny Porior Larson and Katie Prop with special guests Catherine Allen, Natalie Berry, Sarah Lynn Bowser, Elizabeth Johnson, Lizzie Lore, Tessa McElligot, Magic Mike March, the master of Mario, Miles Rossi, Dr. Zoe Rossi, and Vittoria Vittari. Music and additional voices by Taylor Isaac Gray. Unique artwork by Laura of L.E. Artisan Studio. I'm your announcer for tonight's festivities, Randy Brown. And here's your host, the guy who puts the Rossi in Rossifari. Oh, I just got that. John Rossi! Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Hi. Hello. Hi. Welcome to the Rossifari Old Timey Non Denominational Holiday Special. I'm so excited to be here spending this time with all of you. And, y'all, we have a treat today. Uh, as you may have been able to tell from the introduction, we are going all in on this special. Those of you who have been listening for a while, you'll know that I've done Halloween specials before, the Spooky Spectacular, and uh, Valentine's Day episodes, Rossafari After Dark, and even uh, Rossafari Down Under, some of my earlier Australian episodes. And basically what I do in those moments is I have a, a funny alteration to the theme song or I do a little single skit at the beginning and then we just do a normal interview. Uh, this is not that, y'all. This is going to be an entire holiday special. Uh, think of any of the old-time variety shows that you've seen in the past or or think of something like SNL. And uh, yeah, I'm really excited about this. I have been working on this and writing this for a while, and now it is here, and I'm so excited to share it with all of you. We've got jokes, we've got sketches, we've got music, we've got all kinds of fun stuff. We also have some actual interview moments where you'll get to hear some actual zooey things. We're not completely moving away from the, the theme of the podcast in general, uh, but we're going to have a lot of fun, and I hope you all really enjoy this. I'm going to start off by giving you a holiday gift. 
There is something that I have been doing on the podcast since near the beginning. It's a kind of inside joke thing. It, it goes real deep, I'm not going to lie. And I've occasionally asked people on social media or even in person when interacting with people if they've ever caught on to what it is. And to date, except for the people who I've told, not a single person has caught it. But now I'm going to let you know what it is. Uh, it's just something fun that hopefully you'll start catching after you listen to this and you'll uh, be able to have a deeper appreciation for just how stupid I get on my podcast sometimes, which to be fair, if you listen, you already know can be pretty darn stupid, right? So here it is. I always start the podcast by saying hello three times. Now, that might not seem like a huge deal, but there is a story behind it. Uh, one of my favorite comedies of all time is a television show called Community. And this is a show that uh, unfortunately was not super popular, but the, the fan base was absolutely rabid and uh, was good enough to keep the show going for six seasons. And the creator, Dan Harmon, has recently announced uh, that there's going to be a movie uh, from Community. And uh, that's extra exciting because in an early episode, I think it was season two or season three, one of the main characters, Abed, uh, shouted, six seasons in a movie? And it wasn't related to the show, but it became the rallying cry of the fans. And now it seems like we will, in fact, get our six seasons and a movie. But anyway, one of the minor characters in the show, a character named Vaughn, always greeted people by saying hello three different times. And he would say it different ways. He, you know, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or hi, hello, how are you, or whatever. He would also do it while saying goodbye. And so I have just adapted that into my little pod world. And uh, it makes me happy every time I do it. And I've been so entertained by the fact that I've literally talked to fans of this podcast about the show Community. And they have not caught that. So my gift to you to start off this holiday season is this entire special, of course, but also just that little bit of insider baseball that I hope makes you chuckle a little bit or just roll your eyes at me like many of you do uh, every time you hear me start talking at the beginning of the podcast. But enough from me. Let's get this ball rolling. We're going to start off with a little bit of humor by a uh, friend of the pod and then get to our first featured guest of the evening, Katie Prop of Penguins International. Hi, everyone. I'm Natalie from Sea Life, Arizona. Hey, Nat. Thanks for being here. Got a joke for us? You know that Santa Claus brings toys to all the good human children of the world, but do you know who gets gifts for all the good shark pups out there? I have no idea. Santa Jaws. <laughs> okay, yeah, that was really corny, but it's okay. It's really cute. Um, happy holidays and happy Krampus to all of the Rossafari podcast listeners. You guys are amazing. I think. I don't know most of you. Okay, bye. Amazing. Thank you so much, Natalie. All right. Katie, hi. How are you? It's so good to see your face again and to have you back on the pod. Uh, hello? Is our connection bad? Yo, Prop, can you hear me? <sighs> um, Katie? 
is everything all right? Are, are you okay? No, John. Everything is not all right. I got the holiday card you sent me. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> I, I would think that was a good thing. It was like a cute scene with some penguins and their friends. Their friends, John. Why don't you describe their friends to the audience, please? All right, we'll be back after this quick break. What's all around you, almost everywhere you look, and makes your life better? Birds. Learn all about these beautiful creatures in this wonderful new podcast called Birds of a Feather Talk Together. Two experts guide two newbies on their journey to learn more. Mallard ducks, ivory-billed woodpeckers, Hawaiian honeycreepers, blue jays, cardinals, sandhill cranes, and more. Each week we discuss a different bird and walk away with a better understanding of the birds all around us. Oh, and we have a ton of fun doing it. Listen now. You're going to like learning about these birds. I guarantee it. Well, um, it's it's been a minute since I picked out the card, but uh, I remember there was a snowman. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a polar bear. A polar bear. Yes. Okay. That makes sense because the polar bears are in the Arctic with, you know, Santa and those types of things. But you know what else there was? There were penguins. And you know how I feel about this, John. You know how I feel about penguins. Not only was it a snowy scene with the polar bear on the left hand side and the snowman on the left hand side, and he was very cute. I like the snowman. But on top of the iceberg, not only one, but 12 small, miniature, little African penguins. African penguins. It's in their name, Africa. And the one that was like launching off with his like little flippers in the air like he was about to fly off oh my gosh you've got to just be absolutely kidding me wishing you a brilliant christmas filled with icy waves of joy and frosty happiness absolutely not uh, uh, oh, oh okay um <clears throat> uh, i'm i'm sorry sheesh i uh i didn't expect you to fly off like that though i guess i should have since you work with birds penguins can't fly Okay. Well, uh, I'm going to go talk to Katie. And while I do, here's something different for y'all to listen to. Hi, everyone. It's Victoria from Naples Zoo here with a great joke. Okay, John, are you ready? I'm ready. What type of bird is the best to have you help prepare holiday gifts for people? I don't know. A woodpecker. A woodpecker? Yeah, because they are great at rapping. Duh. Oh. Well, jokes aside, hope you have a great holiday season on behalf of myself and everyone from Naples Zoo. Thank you, Victoria. Okay, and I'm back with Katie Prop, who now swears she will talk to me. Hi, John, and hi, everyone. Obviously, we were just being silly in the last bit, but it is true that penguins and polar bears do not live together, and it seems like most companies that make the stuff with animals on it during these holiday times just don't know that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's rough. I do like sending you pictures of those things sometimes. But um, that's not what we're here to talk about. Uh, although you did a very good job talking about it. Lots of words. Um, but you are here today to share another interesting fact about penguins. And um, this fact can apparently help people with their holiday visits, right? Absolutely. So 
In a study published in Science of November of this year, 2023, scientists Liberal and colleagues studied a colony of chinstrap penguins. They, of course, have the black definitive chinstrap line underneath their chin. These chinstrap penguins that they studied were nested close to brown skuas, their predators, on King George Island in Antarctica. These researchers wanted to understand how the heck penguins can sleep with predators looming close by when the penguins themselves need to take turns on foraging trips into the ocean for food while the other partner watches over the egg or chick. Neither task allows for much rest. So shout out to all the adults out there that have to go grocery shop with kids in tow. So how the heck do you measure sleep in penguins? I'm so glad you asked. The predominant type of sleep in birds, including penguins, is called slow wave sleep. A few science inventions allow for scientists to measure this and more. Cool gadgets include a sleep logger called an electromyogram or EMG mounted to the center of a penguin's back, a GPS located at the base of the body near the tail, and a pressure logger mounted on the leg. These devices can study body movements, activity and inactivity, location, as well as the muscle tensions and movements related to the presence of REM sleep. If you've ever participated in a sleep study, you might have been hooked up to an EMG at one point. One hypothesis scientists had was that penguins on the edges of colonies that are closer to the predators, those skuas, need constant vigilance and therefore sleep less than the penguins in the center of the colony farthest from the predators. This kind of study was already looked at and proved to be true in mallard ducks. But does that translate to penguins? Turns out the penguins nesting on the border of the colony experienced more slow wave sleep than those in the center of the colony. Scientists discovered that the chinstrap penguins experience slow wave sleep. When they experience it, they experience it in small doses known as microsleeps. And at the edge of the colonies, penguins experience more frequent microsleeps than the birds in the center that are exposed to more interruptions, including the aggression of other birds near them, the noise, and of course, the predators that could land in the colony gaps. What makes this blow my mind is that chinstrap penguins that are out foraging at sea can also take micronaps on the surface of water. Wait, what? That's crazy. It's so crazy, but it is more common to microsleep on land. So the ability to microsleep provides penguins the chance to get restorative functions that sleep provides to the brain, but it also allows them to adapt to their environment during their periods of wakefulness. So believe it or not, emperor penguin and little blue penguin sleep studies have already existed. The 1989 emperor penguin sleep study by scientists Buket and colleagues discovered emperor penguins have frequent alterations between walking and slow wave sleep, spending 37.5% of the time in slow wave sleep and 14% of the time just drowsy. Same dudes, same. <laughs> And in the 1984 Little Blue Penguin study, microsleeps lasted 42 seconds on average. However, both of these studies of penguins were penguins in human care and they had a cushy reproductive situation. In this wild chinstrap penguin study, Liberal and colleagues discovered that the chinstraps nodded off more than 10 
thousand times a day for four seconds at a time and still managed to get 11 hours of sleep. Mic drop. And that is why penguins are amazing parents. So at your next holiday party, just take a couple micro sleeps and it'll go by quick. Anytime politics come up. Microsleep. Anytime, right? anytime anything comes up, take a microsleep. <laughs> yes, I love it. Awesome. Well, that is an amazing fact. I, yeah, I, it's I, just I, I some think. some awesome some awesome science. Um, wait a minute. Were were you just taking a micro nap? Yeah, I totally uh, took took a microsleep while you were saying all of that. <laughs> wow, that hurts my feelings. Just kidding. Love you. You too, bud. And happy holidays to all the Ross Safari listeners. If you think penguins are cool or you just want more tips on how penguins can help guide your life choices, be sure to check out Penguins International. You can find us at www.penguinsinternational.org or follow us on social media at penguinsintl or penguins underscore international, depending on the channels you prefer. See you there, penguin nerds. Woo! Give it up for Katie Prop, y'all! Oh, we love Katie Prop on this here podcast. Yes, we do. I do think it's funny, though. Whenever I hear of a study that is released in the journal called Science, it, it cracks me up because people are always like, ah, yeah, according to science, which is true in this case, but is also the dumb thing that people say online all the time. Anyway, here's this. Hey everyone, it's Tess from Lone Pine Koala Sanctuary in Brisbane, Australia. Also the co-host of Trainer Talks and Tales. You might remember our very fun episode where we talk about thongs and whatnot. Uh, I'm just jumping on to say Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Hope you're all having a great time and have had a great year. I also have a little joke. John? Yes? Do you know why the marsupials of Australia love the holidays? No, mate. Why don't you go ahead and tell me? Don't don't kill me. It's because of the quality time with friends and family. Ooh, quality time. I like it. Anyway, thanks again for having me on your podcast and enjoy the rest of the year. Bye. Oh, thank you, Tess. You are the best. Along with everyone else who's on here, who's the best? You're all the best. I don't, I'm not playing favorites, but Tess is awesome is the point. And now, the Zookeeper's Holiday! Oh, there's no place like home for the holidays. Hello? No, Mom, I can't be there first thing in the morning. Yes, I have to work. No. No, Mom. The animals can't just feed themselves. No, they shouldn't have to wait so we can open presents. Ma, Ma, I gotta go. Two hours later. Oh, I love all my animals so much. Okay, I fed everyone. Everyone has fresh water. I cleaned all the enclosures. Most importantly, I know I checked all the locks. Is everyone good? Now, before I go, surprise! Despite the fact that there are over 400 of you in this building, I got each of you your very own holiday gift, and I wrapped them all. It's a lot harder to wrap dead bugs and rodents than you might think, and I 
guess wrapping snake gifts was a silly idea because you don't have hands. Anyway, here they are. Oh no, I forgot to buy presents for my family. <laughs> And now, tonight's musical guest, Taylor Isaac Gray. Hello, folks. It is always nice to be here at the Rasafari Podcast. We are going to perform a little song for you now featuring the TIG Studios Taylor Choir Singers. Now, this may be a song that you think you may know, but it is not, in fact, the song that you think you think that you may not think that you may or may not know is the song that you think that you know. Please enjoy. Elizabeth Johnson and I'm from the Naples Zoo, but I'm also the host of the Mothering Wildlife podcast. Did you know there's an amphibian that loves kissing? It's a mistletoe. <laughs> Happy holidays to all you Rasafari podcast listeners. And now we pause for a word from someone who is definitely not our sponsor. Hi, kids. Do you love animals? And do you love going to zoos, but hate how those pesky accredited facilities won't let you do stuff like pet the lions? Then you should come down to Bob's Unaccredited Animal Park in Waxahachieville Land, Florida. You don't just get to see the animals, you get to touch them, regardless of what species it is. Have you ever wanted to feed a lion? Well, now's your chance. But be careful, because fingers are one of Rory's favorite treats. You can even have your birthday party here. Be the only kid in your class to play pin the tail on the donkey with a real live donkey. Just be quick, or there will be two asses that are in pain. Now, we don't get inspected except for USDA but once a year, and we pay them under the table to know when it's coming, so we can lie to them. And hey, since we don't pay for accreditation, and we also undernourish our animals, we pass those savings on to you. Come on down and have an amazing time at Bob's Unaccredited Animal Park. But come quickly, as we will eventually get busted and sent to jail like that idiot Tiger King guy. Or that other idiot Tiger King guy. The Ross Safari Podcast acknowledges that not all unaccredited zoos are bad zoos. This fake ad was meant only to mock those that suck because there are ones that suck and all of us in the Ross Safari community hate you. But also, this was a parody, so don't sue us. Hi, everybody. For those of you who don't know me or haven't heard any of my musical antics on this podcast, allow me to introduce myself. My name is Taylor Gray. It's so nice to meet you all. Um, 
I just have one question I want to ask John real quick, if you don't mind bearing with me for a minute. Hey, John. Yeah, bud. Did you know that all farmyard keepers are Jewish? No, I did not know that. How can you tell? They spend time around the manure. <laughs> really? I mean, it makes sense. It's part of Lamaka. <laughs> Don't worry, everyone. I can make these jokes. I'm Jewish. <laughs> Happy holidays, everybody. All right. Well, I hope y'all are having as much fun with this one as I am so far because uh, making this has been a blast. But we are a podcast that is, you know, centered around actually sharing information about how things work at zoos. And so um, I wanted to bring on one of the most favoritist all-time guests of the podcast, Danny Poirier-Larsen, to um, share a little bit about what the effect having the holidays, especially the winter holidays, uh, can have on both the people and the animals uh, in care at zoos and aquariums. So uh, here is my interview with Danny. And as another holiday gift to you all, uh, I, I got Danny's permission to leave this unedited, uh, which is a lot of fun because Danny and I have a really great relationship. Um, she's she's somewhere between a bestie and like a sibling at this point. And uh, we, we definitely pick on each other more than a little bit. So uh, enjoy. <laughs> never know what we're going to talk about until we just go. Neither do I. <laughs> this is the most John statement ever. <laughs> <laughs> you saying you're not going to do anything to make noise and immediately drinking water, <laughs> spilling water, and then trying to wipe it up right next to your microphone is the most Danny oh statement ever. <laughs> Listen, I'm very flawed. We know this. Okay, I'm done drinking. I'm, I'm good. Good, good. All right. I'm ready when you are. So hello. Uh, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. <laughs> Wait a second. Can we not? I don't know why I sounded like that. Okay. Hi, everyone. <laughs> I was like, hi, everyone. That was so embarrassing for me. Okay. Hi, everyone. I'm Danny Poirier Larson. Yeah, you are. And where do you work again? <laughs> I work at Southwick Zoo. I'm the curator of birds and training and the intern coordinator. Woohoo, mother of birds. I would say and interns, but that would get weird. Um, oh, very weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So welcome back as always. Uh, I'm excited to have you, you here you. as part of the Rasafari old timey non denominational holiday special. Uh, which is the name An of An honor, this. truly. Yes. yes. An honor. So uh, we are here today because I was just kind of curious. You know, the holidays put a lot of stress on humans and change a lot of schedules and stuff. And I was wondering, like, what kind of effects that can have on both, like, the people doing work at zoos, keepers and such, mm -hmm. and also the animals, both in terms of, like, husbandry and training. So if, if you just kind of wanted yeah. to espouse about all of that, that would be cool. Yeah, well, that's interesting. And I think about that question in particular, of course, I didn't know what you were going to ask. So this is a really I just want to be super one. clear here that if you go back to our messages, I absolutely told you that's exactly what I was going to ask. But that's really? besides the point. Yeah. 
Yeah. I don't look at those things. <laughs> I just say, I just say, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we, you know, in, in my department, we typically do a lot of the husbandry first thing in the morning, enrichment right after the husbandry, and then training at the end of the day. So that's kind of like how our day is structured. Extra projects in there before training or in place of training if we don't have a ton of time. So the way it works around the holidays is kind of funky because there's a lot of what we call holiday prep. And usually what that looks like is us coming in maybe a little bit early to help structure our day so that we're kind of in and out. And obviously, like that can put a lot of stress on us and our personal lives because we're having to balance this, you know, kind of being an essential worker for these animals with also wanting to spend time with our own family. So we want to make sure that we're kind of in and then out, but also providing the level of, you know, not just bare minimum needs for the animals, but the welfare that they deserve on also a special day. So we typically will prepare for, let's say, let's say we're talking December 25th. That's Christmas, right? Yes. That good job. December 25th. Good job. That's always on December 25th. Okay. <laughs> I get confused about these things. <laughs> well, like what Thanksgiving? Okay. Whatever. Just edit that part out if you nope. feel like it or you can leave it in. I'm fine. <laughs> jerk head. Okay. So usually for for Christmas, we will prepare the day before, but because the day before is also Christmas Eve and we like to be out early on that day too, sometimes we kind of like backtrack and prepare the day before Christmas Eve and we prepare for Christmas Eve so that on Christmas Eve we can just prepare for Christmas. Does that make sense? It does. So we'll come in on um, the day before Christmas Eve and we'll do what we call double enrichment. So We'll do all the husbandry in the morning, and then when it's time to do enrichment, we'll make enough to have enrichment for Christmas Eve. Okay, so when we clean on Christmas Eve, we're putting the enrichment right into the enclosures. We don't have to spend that extra hour making fresh enrichment from scratch. But we also want to make sure that we're giving them quality stuff. And that's what's really important to us because we could very well on Christmas Eve say, okay, we don't have a ton of time. So we're just going to do like, you know, auditory enrichment today and just like play bird sounds or something like that so that we can just check a box. Like, yeah, we gave enrichment, but it's important to us that if we're not going to be there for the majority of the day, that they have things that are going to keep them stimulated and active in place of our presence. So That's really important for us. So we make that double enrichment the day before Christmas Eve. When we come in on Christmas Eve, we're able to give them their enrichment when we're cleaning. And then for Christmas Day, we actually have um, like higher end enrichment items that we purchase for them because we like to spoil our birds. And so we buy them very special Christmas presents. And some of the people who work on Christmas day will come in, you know, with their, their holiday cheer and pretend to be, you know, Santa or whatever, and put these, you know, little presents inside their enclosures. And it's usually really fun. Like the staff talks a lot about how they actually enjoy working Christmas because it's a really nice, you know, feel good morning. We come in super early, so we'll normally not start our day until 8 a.m., but a lot of times the staff will get in like 5 or 6 a.m. so that they can be out even earlier. 
And that's why, again, it's really important that if we're doing that, then the birds have really high quality items that they can engage with all day. So for most of the macaws, they're getting those really nice, fancy, like, woodblock toys that you can, you know, we, we get them online. We take advantage of some Cyber Monday deals and Black Friday so we can get them for a good price. We have a very small budget for items like that for enrichment, but we like to spend the money on them so that they can have really high quality stuff on Christmas Day. So that's kind of, I mean, you asked a very loaded question and there are lots of things, more things that I could say, but does that answer some of it? Yeah, no, that's, that's, a good start. And, that's a good yeah, start. And good I think start. it's, it's can, cool that they like it, like that the people like it. That's really cool, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. I think that's, that's special. That's nice. Um, it is very special. Yeah. I'm curious, um... I guess about a bunch of different things, but you know, one thing that I, I'm kind of curious about, and I'm going to ask you to get into the animals' heads, despite the fact that you are not a burb, um, <laughs> is just like they don't understand that it's whatever holiday. And so I'm wondering, what do you think, just based on behaviors and things that you've you've seen and, and heard and and whatever, what do you think they think is going on? I definitely think it's a bit of a disruption to their routine because, like I said, our day usually doesn't start until 8 a.m. and all of a sudden we're in a lot earlier. It doesn't change. This is, I would be worried if it changed their like light cycles because that's really important for birds. But when our primate team comes in in the morning, they always turn on the lights for like in our room. So because they come in super early, like 6 a.m. So the lights are on no matter what. They might go on a half hour early. So I don't think it impacts their light cycles all that much. And then um, keeping on this light cycle train of thought that I'm on right now, the light will stay on until the tail end of the day. And we actually have someone from the zoo, either a family member or my boss, the vet, someone comes in and turns off all the lights in the zoo. So again, those like those light cycles are certain, super important. Like we're not going in, just doing our husbandry, shutting the door, shutting the lights off and be like, being like, good night at like 9am. That would be bad. So we don't do that. So I think, I mean, it's really hard because as an animal care professional, I try not to just assume what the birds are are thinking. I think to an extent, I definitely think that they understand that something is different because they see us usually throughout the day for a good majority of the day. They understand that, you know, we go up to lunch for a half hour and they, they don't see us for a little bit. And then we come back into the room. But suddenly they have a day where we're in early and then they don't see us for the rest of the day. So I think that they certainly know that something's going on. But I don't think, and again, like it's hard for me to place a label on an animal like this, but I don't think they get upset or sad. Like we don't see any like feather plucking. Like we, we don't see a pile of feathers when we come in the next day, which is good. Usually we'll kind of make sure when the people who come in the next day, like the day after Christmas, they'll make a little assessment of what they actually played with, like what they ate. It's a pretty normal day the day after Christmas. So, so yeah, I don't, they haven't left us any evidence to believe that there's any high le levels of stress or anything like that. So I think that they just think that something's kind of weird. They're not seeing us for the majority of the day. But as soon as the, I mean, they're busy, they have their really fun Christmas enrichment. And once those lights go off at the end of the day, they just go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, I don't think anything too crazy. 
that's cool. That's yeah. cool. Um, yeah. yeah. Do, do y'all do any, um, I mean, I know that you mentioned that like on a certain day, like Christmas, if you're going to leave early or whatever, y'all buy, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of extra exciting enrichment, but mm-hmm. throughout the season leading up to or after or during any of the other holidays during this season, um, did y'all ever do any like holiday themed enrichment or is that more for exhibit mm-hmm. animals? No, we definitely do holiday themed enrichment. So if we are not buying the extra special toys for Christmas, for example, we are making them boxes wrapped with like Christmas wrapping paper and our primate team makes paper presents every single year for the primates. So on Christmas morning, the primates get presents, whether it's like boxes or just like the paper that's like wrapped with actual Christmas themed wrapping paper with all their, you know, high value reinforcers inside, they actually made their paper presents like weeks ago. So they have their like paper presents in a box waiting for Christmas already. They're like super well prepared. And just as an example for other holidays, like on Thanksgiving, we give the birds whole shelled nuts for treats because they're not getting trained throughout the day. So we can kind of like feed them out with those high value reinforcers. And then we also give them like a little Thanksgiving meal. So we'll give them some extra special, like this year they got like beets, like cooked boiled beets, which is kind of different. They got um, some kind of other fancy green. I didn't work Thanksgiving, so I'm trying to remember. They got mashed sweet potato, whole shelled nuts. Um, they may have gotten like a dried papaya. So, so the emphasis is on giving them some type of different food, which is obviously the point of our Thanksgiving experience. So that's kind of fun. On 4th of July, we've given the birds, we've like dyed pasta before to do like red, white, and blue pasta which has just been fun. And that's in the middle of the summer when we're doing shows and stuff. So we just like give it to them on the stage or put it in, you know, the bowls of some exhibit birds. So we get really creative and we have a really good time with the the holiday themed enrichment. We celebrated pride this year, which was really fun. We did that for on and off exhibit animals. So we love it all. It's holidays are such a nice opportunity for the keepers to just get creative and try something new. I think it's really interesting because it's enriching on both sides. <laughs> like it's enriching for the animal and it's enriching for the human. So we love doing holiday themed enrichment. Nice. Very cool. That's that's awesome. Yeah. And I guess, it, you know, not only is it enriching for the team, but it probably leads to some team bonding and stuff like that, which is always a good thing. Yeah, I got to give a big shout out to our primate department, too, because they always do really fun holiday themed enrichment. They did like a sports day this past year where they they just had this whole sports themed enrichment thing going and they make a lot of really fun holiday. They did like a whole Thanksgiving dinner for the chimps and like put, you know, they like go up in the break room and they like paint boards and stuff and they just do they do all sorts of really wild things. They're they do amazing. Well, that's really cool. I um I find all of this so just kind of interesting because um mm-hmm. I don't know, I'm surprised that so many people like are excited about working on holidays and stuff. That makes it really cool and I think that's really important since, you know, a lot of people feel bummed about the whole thing. Um Yeah. You know, have you or or do you know of any of your teammates uh and you don't have to drop names here, but just out of curiosity, <laughs> um ever gotten, you know, crap from family because you actually have to go and do the thing or do y'all aim to avoid that? by going in early like you mentioned or or what 
Yeah, I think for the most part, because a lot of us have been there for so long now, most of our family members are understanding and have kind of worked around our schedules. And I, in the past, have like, you know, I have, I come from a family that my parents are divorced and I had to kind of like, felt like at the time I had to make a ton of accommodations. Like I want to see all these people on Christmas, but I also have to work. And there was one year that I was going like from Massachusetts over to Tiverton, Rhode Island, all the way like back down to Southern Massachusetts and then shot back up to like somewhere else in Rhode Island. It was just a crazy day. And I had also worked that morning and there's just this expectation that I was just going to go everywhere. But in order to be able to do all those things, I went into work at, you know, 5am. So I'm up like somewhere around around four. And I just was like ready to fall asleep at the wheel driving to these places. And that was the final year where I was like, okay, not doing this anymore. If I have to work that day, I'm going to stay local because I just, I can't be traveling to all these locations to make accommodations for all these people. That was really eye opening for me. But for the most part, we don't really get crap from our family. Everybody is pretty like accommodating. And also I just work on a, I have a phenomenal team and most of my other coworkers will, you know, because I'm a mom and I have a child, I have a two-year-old now. I actually didn't work Christmas last year and I'm not working Christmas again this year. I am working Christmas. I know I'm so lucky. I am working Christmas Eve. So um, I'll be there on Christmas Eve. Again, it'll be an early, an early day. And then I will have Christmas Day off. So we kind of all figured out like if if you didn't have time off, then you might have had to work that holiday because you don't want to miss out on the hours. We do get paid time and a half, which is nice. Um, but but yeah, the way it all worked out, the way we shuffle staff around. I got really lucky I didn't have to work Christmas or Thanksgiving this year or last year. So my time will come again. I put in many, many, you know, holidays in my my time before I got to this point in my life where it mattered that I have the whole day off. But but yeah, my my teammates are very accommodating and like I said, actually excited to go in on these holidays. So it's kind of, it's kind of fun. Yeah, that's very cool. Very very cool. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, you mentioned Raina, your daughter, mm-hmm. and uh, what what are, what are you doing special for Raina this holiday season? Oh gee, well, interesting you ask. Raina's birthday is November twentieth. You talked about her birthday we on did. the pod. We mm-hmm. we saved the lemurs. We saved them all, amazing. according to Raina. Love it, was, that. it was amazing. <laughs> but so she gets a lot of presents pretty close to Christmas, and we don't have a ton of space in our house. She has plenty of toys. So we're trying, and we, we've we've expanded a little bit, but we're trying to stay within this, this um, four-present rule where you, where you do something you want, something you need, something to wear, something to read. And so ultimately, we're trying to only give her four presents, but recognizing that she's a toddler and it's like kind of fun to open like little miscellaneous things here and there. So we've, we've stuck to those four things, and then we've thrown a few other little things in there. So we'll be doing, you know, Christmas. Christmas morning with her here at our house and then we'll be traveling to South Hadley to visit my sister later in the day so so yeah it's really exciting though because she's been she's been excited about Santa for the last two months even before her birthday she was more excited for for Santa so the, the day is finally near she's very excited nice and I'm sure everything will be bluey themed Probably. I can't. Yeah, Bluey, <laughs> Snoopy, and then Zoe and I will be texting all day about Bluey. Mm-hmm. So, yep, yep. yeah. Yeah, both of our kiddos <laughs> like Bluey. And by kiddo, I mean wife. <laughs> Whatever. You like it too, though. 
Same thing. We're all kids here. You're not wrong. Twice recently, we've eaten dinner (laughs) at Wegmans, and she just takes us to the table in front of where they're playing Bluey, and we just sit and watch Bluey while eating dinner. (laughs) The two adults. Yeah. All right, friend. Well, thank you for taking the time to do this. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. What a fun treat. Yay. And now, back to the Zookeeper's Holiday. There's no place like home for the holidays. Hey, everyone. I'm here. Hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. Hi, Uncle Brad. Oh, look, Bruno. It's your cousin, Lizzie. The reason we couldn't open presents this morning. She's a zookeeper. I guess she cares more about her animals than she cares about us. That's the truth. What's that? Nothing. Now, Bruno, Lizzie here is why you want to make sure you go to college and get a degree. Otherwise, you'll end up scooping poop for a living. (laughs) I have a master's in biology, and I love my job. Meanwhile, didn't you try to ingest a horse dewormer last year and spend a month trying to convince the rest of us that the world is flat? Hey, I read that on the internet. And to be fair, I don't have any worms. But I'm not trying to pick on you. I'm just trying to set little Bruno here straight. Uncle Brad, that line would work a lot better if Bruno wasn't your dog. (laughs) And now it's time to hear from another one of those people on this podcast that you just love so very much. Hello, this is Sarah Lynn Bowser with the Oakland Zoo wishing you a happy holidays. And same to you, Sarah. Now, I know I told you to come prepared with a joke. Do you have one for us? Do you know what sheep like to say at this time of year? What's that? Season's bleedings. Oh, that's a good one. Man, actually, uh, that's not what I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say happy holidays to you. I guess both of those were pretty bad. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, Taylor Isaac Gray. for now and also might be coming back to California soon.
Hey, everyone. It's Catherine from Clyde Peeling's Reptiland. Hey, John, what do you get when you cross a sleigh bell with a skunk? What do you get? Jingle smells. <laughs> oh, I thought you'd say with a jaguar. Oh, why is that? That's how you get jungle bells. <laughs> Happy holidays to all the Safari listeners out there. And now the thrilling conclusion of the zookeeper's holiday. There's no place like home for the holidays. Hey, I'm sorry about before. I do want to actually learn about your job. So you're a reptile keeper? Yep. That include keeping snakes? Yep. Man, I tell you, I hate snakes. They're so gross and slithery and they just... Well, I love them. I have one that's my favorite. Sirius, the garter snake. I've put in a lot of time building our relationship and training him. Be poisonous? Him. What? Is he poisonous? The word you're looking for is venomous. And no, he is not. Poisonous, venomous, ain't no difference. All I'm saying is when I find a snake outside, I grab my shovel and I go to... And so the visit featured an unexpected twist. Lizzie murdered Brad! But don't be sad, listeners. A holiday miracle was in store. Lizzie was tried by a jury of her peers, meaning other keepers. They were all so sick of hearing this same kind of crap from people, they refused to convict her. Lizzie was not only exonerated, but adopted Bruno, who became the happiest dog in the world. And even though she forgot to buy her family presents, they all agreed that her actions, sarcasm, which were clearly self-defense, and sarcasm, led to getting rid of Uncle Brad, which was, in fact, the greatest holiday gift of all. I love you, Bruno. <laughs> Hello, it's me, Miles Rossi, a.k.a. The Sun. I have a joke for everyone. Hey, Dad? Yeah, buddy? Did you know that Santa Claus is a penguin? <laughs> no, I did not know that. Uh, how, how can you tell? Because he asks all the kids, Waddle, you want for Christmas? <laughs> oh, Waddle, I like it. Good job, bud. Happy holidays, everyone. Goodbye from the sun. Hi, I'm Zoe. I'm a vet and John's wife and the editor most of the time. And, uh, yeah. That's Flam and Paradiddle. Good job saying hi, guys. They like to be included. Yeah, they like to be included. Flam's really being included. Hi, Flam. Come here. Come here. We got to tell a joke. We got to tell a joke. Hey, John. What is a puppy's least favorite holiday song? I don't know. What? Fleas Navidad. Oh, babe. That was not your best joke. That's because puppies like it when a joke is wrong. <laughs> Man. The show has gone to the dogs. <laughs> 
All right, so there you have it, folks. The first ever Rasafari old-timey non-denominational holiday special is in the books. I cannot believe that all of this came together so smoothly and so quickly. I originally had a different, more traditional Rasafari-style episode planned for this week with just a bit of a holiday twist, but when this idea came to me, I had to run with it. The entire special, from the time that I thought of the idea to the time that I am finishing recording it right now, took just under one week, the same amount of time that an episode of Saturday Night Live comes together. But unlike those slackers, it was just me putting it all together, which has made for an insane week. Truly, I cannot thank everyone who was involved enough. As soon as I thought of this idea, I started reaching out to the guests you heard today, and every single person said yes with no hesitation. That includes my buddy Randy, who is one of my best friends for over 20 years and does an amazing announcer voice. This just would not have been the same without him. And in total, it is 13 people who agreed to add this to a really hectic time in their year. Okay, okay, okay. Sheesh. Right, okay. 13 people and two dogs. And, you know, the people involved didn't just have to say the stuff that you heard, but they had to record it, something that can be challenging for people who don't do this all the time. As a matter of fact, Catherine had some friends who have a band and offered to record her, and our dear friend Becca Robinson at Greensboro Science Center recorded Mike and Lizzie doing the Zookeeper holiday sketches together. How amazing is that? And add to that the incredible original artwork done for the episode by Lara of L.E. Artisan Studio, and you truly have an incredible team effort. You know, there are a lot of things I love about this podcast, things I've gotten to do, stories I've gotten to share with y'all, the way we've changed the lives of animals and humans for the better. But at the end of the day, maybe the real podcast was the friends we made along the way. Zoe hates it when I make that dumb joke, so I make it often. But seriously, I do want to thank you all for being here. I want to thank all of you for being part of this incredible community, and I hope you enjoyed this special even half as much as I did. I also want to thank all of my patrons for supporting the podcast, especially my Red Panda-level patrons, Dr. Laura Shank, Dr. Stephen Williamson, and Barbara Bennett. And hey, if you are listening to this, please reach out, message me, let me know what you thought of this episode, because I am definitely planning on doing something like this again. So last but not least, I guess I need to tell you that the words, the Rasafari Old Timey Non-Denominational Holiday Special Credits Backwards, are... Stiderk, Lyceps, Yedelo, Linoit, Anamond, Yemet, Glo, Irifisor, Ehit. The Rossafari Podcast is produced, hosted, and engineered by John Rossi. Editing and fact-checking by John and Dr. Zoe Rossi. Our theme song is Sevens by Nathan Burke, performed by Nathan and John. Interrupting John theme and additional voices by Taylor Isaac Gray. You can reach John directly on Instagram and Facebook at Rossafari or by email at rossafaripod at gmail.com. Rossafari is part of the Daydreamer Media Network. Now, stop listening to me and go visit a zoo.
Now do me a favor and just say the word but again. But. Say it bigger. You went, but. But I don't know. Good. No, that's but. perfect. No, no, no. You did it earlier and um, it distorted right on it, but I didn't want to stop you because you were on a roll. So I was just like, I'll just snag a couple butts afterwards. That sounds bad, but you know what Mommy I mean. Mommy keeps saying but. Just, just like 20, but. 30 times. But. But. Perfect. <laughs> this is, this is going to be the outtake. <laughs> yeah. The, the, like, but. <laughs> perfect. All right. Like a... <laughs> hey, now. Penguin version of a butt. Um. <laughs> Oh, this is fun.